0: We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets.
1: But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the
0: Everyday Driver Car Debate. So today I had the Lotus out for the first time... Pretty much, I mean, for real. I, I had it out a couple weeks ago. We, everything cleared up, and I took it on like a hundred mile drive with my son. It was very fun. Nice. But today was the first day I used it like a daily. All the random errands, went to lunch in it. It
1: feels good, doesn't it? It feels amazing. We've that been waiting car, for this after the long hard winter. We've honestly, been waiting that for this. car
0: is magical, and we've got a really interesting. I saw a very fascinating in the questions track daily crush about our cars, and I want to get back to. And I thought about it a lot while driving Lotus. I drove it here tonight. Did you? Yeah. I yeah, haven't yeah, driven you did. the Lotus here to do the podcast in like four or five it's months, months. Yeah. so i was thrilled to drive I mean, the drive to your house tonight was better than it's been in forever
1: i was like <laughs> i love this car so hopefully <laughs> finally it was 62 degrees and this you know everybody's in shorts and t-shirts yeah. around here yeah for sure so
0: thank you for joining us on the podcast hopefully you have the exact same disease we do and that's why you're here we're going to talk about uh, cars we all love we have uh uh, stuff to talk about, about what's going on with the show. We have a very cool live debate coming up. Yeah, we do. have a non-live debate after the break, a traditional one, but for uh, for the wiles of Sweden, that's <laughs> yes. coming up, and so many yes. questions.
1: Yeah, before we get started, though, we've got a bit of show business to get through, and that is, first of all, Season 4 is now available on Amazon Prime and Vimeo. Mm-hmm. And huge thanks to our sponsors, Covercraft and Griot's Garage, Every day is the code for both of those companies. When you're ordering on their website, that gives you 10% off. And Covercraft, in the midst, you're hearing this podcast hopefully before June, uh, middle of June 2019. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They've got a 10% discount on all their products. And we have been told you get to double dip. You get to use our code with theirs for a total of 20% off. It does work. We've confirmed it with them. If you've been wondering, should I get the the cover for my car? (laughs) Now is the time. Now is the time. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. All right, so please rate and review Season 4 on IMDb, which is owned by Amazon. I don't know if you guys knew that, but IMDb was bought by Amazon, what, Uh, five it's, six it's years? been a while
0: ago it's been a while ago but essentially everything so is owned by some large conglomerate yeah, so sure. uh, we're all yeah we're all getting assimilated but anyway sure.
1: yeah all right and then finally on Patreon we do have a Patreon site We, you can sign up to be a patron on there and support the show it goes right into production three levels and by the way at any level you get to join Discord yep. which is a um, feeding frenzy is the wrong word <laughs> but it's uh, it's your car friends it, it's, we're hanging out and there's a lot of conversation yes. there's a lot of threads yes. Yes. It's like Slack. If you have Slack at work, you'll be instantly at home because there's, mm-hmm. you know, the car debate thread and then there's Australia and Europe and all these threads over here. It's, it's great. amazing.
0: I keep popping on there as much as I can and I'll answer like two or three things and I'm like, I, I really have to go back and edit. But it's <laughs> awesome. The conversations are going on. People are making friends. It's very cool. So that's happening for all of our patrons and we love that. We're also doing our, our monthly calls for our upper level patrons. Those are cool
1: as well. Yes. I also want to mention on our store, we've got the, uh, the American original poster, 24 mm-hmm. by 36 poster. Of the film, you've seen it on the cover of the Blu-ray. We're offering that on the store and limited edition. You can get it signed by both Todd and I if you're uh, if you're interested in that. Please go to the store and find that there.
0: I I should also say two other things that are happening schedule-wise because our schedule right now is for some reason blowing up because we're doing season five and I I feel like we're. Please don't get me wrong. What I'm about to say is not a complaint. We are pretty much traveling once a week. And when we're not traveling I am head down in the edit. So we're doing both all, all I'm wearing all the hats right now.
1: <laughs> we we have not necessarily high and low seasons, but it's sort of spikes in the calendar for like you know, two and a half months it yeah. spikes. And then we get a breather, and then mm-hmm. two and a half months it spikes, totally. and then we right get a breather. Right ahead
0: of the, of the TV show delivery stuff. So we're, yeah. we're in that for Season 5, and it's very exciting. We've got a very cool season shaping up. But I wanted to let you guys know there is a unique opportunity to see Season 5, Episode 1. The public premiere is coming up about four to six weeks before it actually airs on television. And here's mm-hmm. how you do that. Our 400th podcast is coming up in a few weeks. We're going to record that May the 15th. So whatever date you're listening to this, May the 15th, it's going to be in Salt Lake at a place called Brewvies. Take the word brew, take the word movies, combine it. I know you're not a fan of the title. <laughs> I'm, I'm
1: still not convinced by I know, this. But, but this it is what it sense, is. It makes sense, but it's brews. It's, if you're, it's a bar. If you're and, familiar
0: and with yes. Alamo Draft House down in Texas, for example, th- this is one of those theaters where you can go and you can watch a movie and you ordered food that you can actually eat. They actually, the, the, the rows are set up for you to eat. So we're going to have the Brewvies Theater the night of Wednesday, May 15th in Salt Lake. We are going to do a live podcast for podcast
1: 400. I can't believe that. We're
0: going to do everything we can to live stream that simultaneously. Of course, that is a massive questions podcast. We're hoping to do a car debate and a ton of questions. That's a little bit TBD. I'm (laughs) letting you guys know all of this. Things will shake
1: out. We'll be be podcasting. Let's put it that way. Topics to be determined. And it
0: it will come out, of course, that Friday when it's supposed to. But we're recording it that Wednesday night. I'm Mm -hmm. bringing it up for a couple of reasons. We've got a format set up. Next week, the registration goes up on the website. And the registration is literally just so we can get a headcount and cover some of our costs. We're not expecting to make a dime on this. We're obviously renting the venue. It's going to be like 10 bucks a person to go. And then, of course, if you want to get food, you can get food. That also is going to confirm you for the drive we're going to do that weekend. We're going to do a drive that weekend. This is kind of doing two things. It's obviously the 400th podcast. We're doing it live. We're very excited. Yeah, Can't you tell? Because yeah, yeah. I'm thrilled. But at the same time, we had a thing when we did our Utah meetup last year where it got so big that we started recommending Utah fans not come just to help us deal <laughs> with the scale of the group. Right. And we said to all you Utah fans, we'll do something for Utah. This is that thing. Yeah. Opposite. Yes. It's opposite day. Yes. So, so please come. <laughs> and, and I will say, look, if you're somewhere and you're deciding you're going to fly in and join us – you're welcome. Absolutely. But we know this Absolutely. is mainly a locals thing. We're very excited about it. So remember, May 15th, that's a Wednesday night. It'll be at Broovies. Uh, registration will begin next week, and go and tell the event.
1: Broovies, I'm shaking my head. I'm, you're going to convince me.
0: Podcast and the half-hour premiere you, exclusive screening cool. of episode one of season five, which is our Speed Vegas episode.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, so we've got a live car debate coming up shortly. Ryan H. and his girlfriend Sarah are up in Windsor, Canada, They need help. They've got a um, O2 Dodge Caravan with 280,000 miles. Mm -hmm. So we're going to debate for them. And John Oskerson up in Sweden, who runs a forest clearing machine and listens to the podcast while he's in the machine clearing the forest. How loud are those headphones? Awesome. How loud are those headphones? John, I want to drive one of those things. (laughs) I I know at some point you're going to get to this podcast. You're listening. I want to drive those things because you could. Have you seen them on YouTube? I have. They pick up a tree, cut it off strip it of branches, Uh cut it into slices, stacks neatly inside of about two and a half minutes. They're phenomenal. He's
0: going to write us and tell us how fast he does it, and I'm horrified right now to to hear what the number is. Awesome! But I'm
1: still asking, what kind of heavy-duty headphones
0: do you use, my friend? Because (laughs) I'm amazed you can hear us at the same time, but I'm glad.
1: All right, we're calling Ryan and Sarah right now. Hello? Ryan, how are you? Thanks for joining. Yeah, glad to have you, man.
0: Yeah, great to be here. Thank you.
1: All right, we've got a story from Ryan here. He wrote us uh, a fairly long email, I will admit. Yeah, d- but Lots but, of detail. But it's not, good.
0: not unsurmountable. No. I mean, he, he tried really hard. No. R- Ryan, Ryan actually has listened because he tried to take two <laughs> scrolls. And they're like, these are like two long computer scrolls.
1: It, it, but, it works. but it also has it paragraphs. So, so we're doing okay. We're doing okay. <laughs> All right, so Ryan and his girlfriend Sarah, they are up in Windsor, Canada. One of the, uh, I think the only place where you drive south into Canada mm-hmm. from the U.S.? And, uh, uh,
2: yeah, I was going to point that out. Uh, yeah, it's a, a farther, farther south than a third of the continental U.S.
1: <laughs> I didn't realize that, but That's after pretty. living in Detroit, well, you know, during my car design career for a little while there, I, I remember everybody would want to go to Windsor to the casinos for the weekend, and I'm guessing that still happens, right?
2: Uh, yeah, our, you know, as well as our uh, our drinking age is two years lower than that of uh, Michigan. Most <laughs> there people. we go, there it is. <laughs> yeah.
0: let's we're, let's drink and gamble. Let's go south to Canada. That sounds <laughs> like you're already drunk. Canada. By the way,
1: it does. Let, let, let,
0: let's go south yeah. to Canada to drink and gamble. Are there like already an issue. That say yeah.
1: that somewhere, Ryan. Let's drive south into Canada. Yeah, possible.
2: Uh, no, but there's a running joke that we're kind of the, uh, the the Florida of Canada. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing or. I can't
1: tell either. That's I'm that's. Not sure. I
0: don't. I don't think that's a compliment, but I. But I like it anyway. You know. Actually, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: I, I, side note here. We live in Utah now, as you realize, and all of you listening. This is yeah. a random. There, there's Utah has its own culture, just so you know. Sure. Well, and every of state course, does. True. You can say
1: that about any state.
0: Yeah, well, I grew up in Texas, which has its own culture. Yes, for sure. But you know, growing up in Texas, you're in the South. That is actually the South of the country. This is okay? true. Okay. Yeah. And so you refer to the South traditionally as Dixie, right? Okay. In Utah, <laughs> they have a. I remember hearing a news report. I mean, like. Weatherport when I first moved here about, and down in Dixie tomorrow, and I was like, why are they talking about the south of the, no, no, the southern portion of Utah is referred to as Dixie by people in Utah, and I was like, no, okay, as a southerner, no, okay, no.
1: Anyway, so we all have those things. So Windsor is, I guess, the Dixie of Canada, then? It's is the that Dixie where we're going? of Canada, that is exactly, where- well, thank you for well, landing the plane well, for well, me, that's awesome. Detroit, yeah. Awesome, All right, awesome. anyway. All right, so Ryan, you've got to tell us a little bit about the story here. I'll let you tell it after reading your email about the O2 Dodge Caravan, does Sarah still have this caravan with two hundred and eighty thousand miles on it? Thousand kilometers, yeah. Kilometers.
2: It is still it is still parked out front in all of its glorious kind of sort of red paint that remains.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and you mentioned here it's becoming a money pit and it was a hand me down and it's you know, it's paid for, but you've been wanting her to go drive a few things. Mm-hmm. Have you driven any mm-hmm. more cars? The long list you give us, and we'll we'll go through that list, but what other cars have you driven since you've written to us?
2: Uh, to be honest, not many. Uh, we actually tried getting out earlier this evening, but forgot we had uh, plans with friends and movie tickets and all sorts of things. Uh, uh, recently, we drove the uh, the Mazda 3, the new 2018 we drove. Cool. Um, I was actually considering that for myself before cool. buying my car last year. All right. And uh, Sarah just absolutely loved the ride quality and a lot of the features in the car. See But she's looking for something bigger, so we stepped up and drove the CX-3, which she was also a big fan of.
0: It's, bigger, and, it's good. Um, bigger meaning, sorry, bigger meaning I guess we're talking ride height there because it's not really bigger than the Mazda 3.
2: Exactly, and that's what I pointed out. I, I kind of called it like a hatchback on steroids or with mm-hmm. a list kit, and that's essentially what it is, yeah.
0: And this is the CUV reality. I mean, let's be honest. And this, yeah, in fact, I would argue – because. Because uh, Chance, who does the show with us, his wife Mandy has a CX three, mm, and it is right, actually, right. I would say, it's smaller as far as interior space than the, than the not Mazda three, much. not by much, not, not by much.
1: It's almost but, imperceptible. But it's,
0: say. but I would think it's a tiny. I bet you if somebody got out a tape measure and, and let me be honest, somebody has get out a tape measure, and I bet you it's actually a little smaller. Sure, but but sure. it is the ride height thing, and I've talked about that before. My, my wife's all about that too. So okay, I, I hear that for Sarah. That's interesting. So is the Mazda three a consideration or are we just leaning cuvs now
2: uh she's still leaning towards cuv and i I have to remember that this is her car and ultimately her call and i'm i'm the guy coming in from the you know far left field of anti-truck and suv and what have you because everyone's got a different definition of practicality yeah but she did point out what she liked about it and what she understood about, about what she liked was the car underpinning suspension backbone handling kind of thing of it but she'd also like the slightly—I mean, you're saying not bigger, but slightly larger and the higher ride height. So I mean, essentially, what a CUV is.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the ride height thing. Honestly, I mean, my wife is in this exact same camp. The ride height thing gives the perception of being larger, whether it is or not. I mean, you get something like the uh, the uh, Crosstrek from Subaru,
1: okay,
2: all right. which is just mm-hmm. an impress right, yeah. on a lift kit, or you yeah. get the and GLA. That, actually on our short list as well. Sorry. Okay,
0: you get the GLA from Mercedes. It is a hatchback. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just we're selling it as a CUV because it's got a little bit more ride height. So that, that is an absolute thing. And, this, and let's be honest, uh, Sarah is exactly in that area of stuff that that's the stuff that's selling wildly. So I get it. I totally understand. It,
1: it affects my, <clears throat> my choices a bit, but, but OK, that's fine. <laughs> and by the way, listeners, Sarah is listening into Ryan's conversation while he's yes. on the phone with us. Is, you're kind of the go-between. But first of all, before we dive into her debate, what are the cars you drive currently?
2: What are the car? Well, aside from the dinosaur of a caravan, um, I am part of the Fiesta ST Club.
1: All right, so you like had that. an O six awesome. Mini Cooper, traded that for the Fiesta yep. ST. Is that what I'm reading here?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. I moved on from the O six uh, Mini Cooper F to this. Um, I still it's still got a place in my heart. It's still got a place in the driveway. It's just uh, not on the road currently. And and I'm really on the fence about willing to part with that or turn it into an autocross car. Or Funny, who knows what? But Lemons car. Yeah, that, that's another story.
0: Yeah, okay, all right. But the but the Fiesta is well, now the daily, correct?
2: Fiesta is the daily, absolutely. Okay, yes. Cool. And you, f- you guys were kind of the last uh, nail in that coffin of uh, taking that jump.
0: <laughs> Fantastic. We, we will we will accept that responsibility. <laughs> Bravo to you, by the way, because man, those are so much fun. Okay, so I see where we are. So but, much fun. but
2: Also with a with Diablo tuner as well, but uh, that's again another story as well.
0: Oh, okay, interesting. Right, so right. the one thing we didn't mention here is that the budget is $15,000 Canadian, or for Paul,
2: thirteen five.
1: Yeah, what yeah. was up with that, Ryan? How come you're like throttling my budget over here and giving Todd more? What's because going on Because he that? knows who you are.
2: Well, let, let, let's be realistic. You're, you're going to bump that up at the 15 plus, though. So, yeah. Maybe. I, I was found just a fun. few things. That
1: are <laughs> kind of in your budget. No, I, I worked hard here. There's actually a lot of choices, and I love the vehicles that you gave us from the Mazda 3 Sport, to uh, you said Sarah's uncle loves his CX-5, but mm. you're thinking it's a little bit big for this conversation. Is that what I'm reading?
2: I, I personally think that, but um, uh, we are actually supposed, what, what we missed doing tonight because of our plans, were are driving the BMW X1 and uh, a brand-new CX-5. The brand-new CX-5 is not in the budget, but there are plenty of used uh, CX-5s. I know they're mm-hmm. very, very similar to, from, a, say, a 15 to the current model. Yes, very. But um, the, part of the problem with where we are is, is our kind of, um, I don't know, our, our, our pool from which to shop. Um, Windsor is a automotive capital of Canada, self-proclaimed, mm-hmm. because of some of the plants we have here, or at least used to have here. Okay. And for whatever reason, we are pickup trucks, SUVs, and minivans, and that's kind of the mentality, mm-hmm. kind of the, you know, the tradition here and where we're from. So, our used car market to shop from is. Like slim pickings to say the least.
0: Interesting. Now, I'm going to ask a question, and you may know the answer right away, but I'm very curious. Can you cross the border and shop and bring it back, or is that a huge hassle?
2: Yes, absolutely possible, and yes, it's a hassle. Um, Okay. I've never tried it myself, but um, from what I've been told, it's no less difficult to ship a car from Japan or, say, the UK. (laughs) Wow. just, Just because there are so many hoops to jump through and additional costs, and, you know.
1: What about the Toronto
2: area? The Toronto area is actually where I shopped for for my last two cars. Okay. And right. um, okay. ironically, it goes kind of counterintuitive to when I've been advertising and such, but uh, my Mini was cheaper in Windsor than it was Toronto just because a guy said that if I don't sell it soon, my wife's going to leave me. So I wow. went with that. that. That's what you call but, um, a motivated seller.
0: Yeah. yeah that, that's what you call that. That's that is well a motivated right seller. There. Yeah, for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah,
2: yeah, but the Fiesta uh, was, was the same price across the board just because um, I, I think I, I kind of, attribute that to the fact that it's gone now, like no longer available. It kind of held its value for the last couple of years.
0: Interesting. At yeah, least in Canada, okay. did. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's too bad you guys and we and you guys are not getting the updated one because Tom, who, who used to shoot for us and has now gone on to the biggest, pretty much the biggest magazine in Europe, he he could not tell me fast enough when he drove the updated Fiesta ST how amazing it was. And he was hor- – literally, we were having a, a, an online chat conversation, and Tom's pretty fast at typing, and he went, like, silent when I told him we weren't getting it. He resurfaced with, you're kidding. So I'm really bummed that we aren't getting it. And those of you in Europe that have access to the new Fiesta ST, I think you should drive it on our behalf. But anyway, we're moving on from Fiesta ST land. Let's let's try to help Sarah.
1: All right. So the rest of the list here on Ryan and Sarah's list is a Mini Cooper Countryman S. You said, Ryan, she needs a little bit of turbo in her life, which I like that. What else? You've got the Fiat 500X slash Jeep Renegade, same platform there. Mm -hmm, Interesting. mm -hmm. Subaru anything. You mentioned the BMW X1. You've also got the GTI on the list, which is good. Yeah. We like the GTI, and you might need to test drive that just for yourself, as you've mentioned. Audi A3, and then down at the bottom of the list, you've got a Shelby Cobra replica. Sure, why not? That's like the rest of the list. Of course it does. (laughs) Fits right in there. By the way, I'm sure you've uh, heard from the podcast or any uh, listening to us, uh, Chance has used to work for Kirkham. Mm Mm-hmm here in utah and so yeah. he's regales us with stories and he has got the shelby cobra eye he can look at cars mm-hmm. and tell you i mean he's not down to the vin number quite yet but he can look at the car and tell you you know and I, more than nine times out of ten he's right
0: well he what he can do is you can sit at a light across like across the intersection from one and he can tell you if it's a real one and if it's a replica who built it yeah. I'm like it's a cobra from here. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. I have no idea. And he's looking at yeah, specific he's good details. At it for sure. You know,
1: he he'll look underneath. He'll look at the frame, which is, you know, of course, a dead giveaway from from yeah. that standpoint. But all right, so back to the debate here. I like your your budget, what you're thinking, and I like that you've got the availability of Toronto to go to a larger car market. Yeah, sounds like we so need it. So it does for open sure. some things for sure. up for us. And uh, I've got, I found a lot of stuff in here. I do like your Mazda CX-3 and I found on Auto Tempest, I found a 2016 Mazda CX-3 Sport for 15K US. So I know they're in that price range. Mm-hmm. They're about 40,000, 50,000 miles at least. So I know, like you said, Ryan, that is in your budget, but I've got, oh, yeah. well, five others. I'll, 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 trim the list as I'm going. <laughs> Why? Why? We're just having <laughs> fun here. By the way, actually, Ryan, real quick, you said you guys
0: yep. drove the cross track.
2: We have it, and that's part of the problem. The the Subaru, Windsor hasn't got a Subaru or a Volvo dealership, but okay. um, we are actually traveling stateside uh, this Sunday for my birthday, oh, and I birthday. plan on getting a couple test rides in there.
0: Okay, cool. Fantastic. All right. Happy So, birthday. yeah, the uh, you may have seen, uh, you. if you haven't yet, it was season three, if I'm not mistaken. We did uh, three CUVs in Rocky Mountain National Park. It was the... Uh, the Cross Trek, which is like a borderline CUV, but it's in that category. We sure. did the Cross Trek, sure. we did the, the brand new Jeep Cherokee, not Grand Cherokee, Cherokee, yeah. and the Mazda CX 5. If you haven't seen that, I highly recommend it to you guys because I think it, it's directly pertinent to your discussion. Uh, I I hear where you're coming from, Ryan. You're coming from smaller cars, and as you know, I I agree with you there. So I think that level of SUV is probably the upper limit of scale where you're going to tolerate it and she's going to like it. But that Crosstrek is interesting because it's, it's standing right between the two markets. It is essentially an Impreza on a lift kit operating like a CUV, but it has, for your benefit, Ryan, a little more car characteristics. It's an interesting animal. I'd be very curious once you drive it.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the Outback was actually another one that I, I kind of left off the list with just saying all Subarus, but um, a friend just recently bought a, a ticket 15 used, it, and he loved it. He actually loves
1: it. By the way, Ryan, how important is the driving fun that, that Todd and I talk about all the time? What are the things most important to Sarah? I mean, obviously, you've got the Fiesta ST. How much of that osmosis is seeping out of you, and <laughs> she she's, you know, maybe she's driven it? I don't know. Has she driven your car? And then is that sort of, you know— catching on with her or does she just have some you know kinda of hard and fast things you mentioned a very short commute is that kinda of top of the list
2: uh, yeah well first of the uh, the infection is in my DNA and it's imbe- been embedded there since birth I believe um, <laughs> it's a disease yes, is, it is. I'm quickly infecting her and um... she like, like I said in the, in the email actually she, she thought the mini was a lot of fun but she refers to it as a nugget and says it's completely impractical <laughs> although uh, again another quick side note I'm, I'm well known by, I used to live across from a hospital uh, in the city, and I would park on the street all the time. And the nurses there, I'm, I'm, I, I just found this out recently, the nurses that all worked there had, like, ongoing bets about how much I could fit into my mini with the back seats folded down. And, and, and Todd funny. pointed this out a number of times. Yeah. There was, like, every day there'd be, like, pools going, like, what is it going to have next? What is it going to have next? I used to deliver kegs of beer. In that Cooper,
0: that's classic. They are
1: surprisingly roomy between between behind the front two seats. Surprise, as you know, it's it's really kind of shocking. So how long before you found out that they were taking bets? I mean, did did somebody leak it? Were they upfront about it? And who won (laughs) Uh, the most money? It
2: was actually a friend's mom. I didn't know she was a nurse, but he had said something about my car. He's like he overheard his mom talking about some kid with a Mini Cooper, and put two and two together.
0: I love this. That's awesome. That's very cool.
2: Don't they yeah but, but
1: part of the cut, part of the winning somehow? Yeah. There <laughs> Shouldn't something? you gotten a piece of that? Yeah, for sure. That's very funny. I,
2: I, sh- I probably should have, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, um, but, yeah, the Nugget she refers to, she, she liked the name. She enjoyed it, said it was fun. And part of her test driving things, and, again, I tried, I'm tried. i trying not to overly influence and push her into something I'd like her. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. She drove the uh, Veloster, and not even the Turbo. She drove uh, a 14, 15, 16 Veloster, somewhere in there. It was it Turbo? oh I beg your pardon it was a turbo you just corrected me Okay, and that really kind of like opened her eyes and said you know I really like that car it's a lot of fun okay. It and she started kind of selling it to me on all the perks and all the benefits and, and I looked at her and I'm hmm. thinking like my Mini and my Fiesta are Nuggets but so the Veloster I feel like is two inches longer and wider and, and uh, width. that's about it
0: but, it, but I mean, it depends on that driver perception, and I think the cabin of that Veloster feels feels wider than some of the others. I mean, sure. it's going to feel wider than your Fiesta ST, and it probably feels wider because having had that many, it would feel a little wider. I, look, I have to back her play on that as a surprisingly fun chassis. I agree with your point. The, uh, the, the, the shoulder line of those cars is probably almost identical, but it probably feels a little bigger inside. I, I actually it's use packaging. that. You mentioned yeah. that a little bit in your email here. I use that as a guiding line because there's nothing wrong with that. Veloster. If she likes that, there's nothing wrong with that car. I think it's a viable option here. I use that and the SUV, uh, the CUV interest as kind of my guiding lines to go a couple different directions. But that's that is an interesting twist, Ryan, because I agree with you thinking Veloster versus uh, Fiesta ST this is not like a big jump in class in scale, but
1: there's a a slight shift there. It's packaging. You know, it's how you sit in the car. You either feel on top of it or Mm -hmm. down in it. Sure, sure, sure. You know, despite the size of the car, that gives you a a feeling one way or the other towards it. So Mm -hmm. I, I I can see that. Well, let's jump mm-hmm. in. What? What?
0: Uh, where are you on this, Paul? Uh,
1: one last question, Ryan. Uh, in regards to the short commute, talk to me about fuel economy. Important, not important, neither. What are, what are you guys feeling?
2: Um, I, I feel like even if we're going used, I feel like if we're taking like a 10, 12-year jump in technology and everything. Um, not super-duper important, only because it's going to be that much better by default.
0: Fair, um, fair.
2: The van was surprisingly good for what it is, but at the same time, short commutes and the only time we're gonna use it for fuel economy is uh part of the reason why she's kind of out of the, the hatchback car game altogether is because um you know we want it for the camping trips for throwing stuff in the back. Uh we don't wanna to have to stack a dog on top of the suitcases and the camping gear and the whatever. So
1: Oh that's right. We forgot to mention the dog, sixty pounds of dog. Yeah, that's 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 decent sized dog. Now, actually. Oh well wow, you know. Wow. <laughs> stop stop feeding him. Anyway, yeah, okay, good to know. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well I, I was toying around with the Civic SI and the Honda Fit. Somewhere in that Interesting, range. Okay. I I like both for different reasons. I do like the CX three Sport as you mentioned, Ryan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But there's two over here that your commute kept resonating with me. But you know, turns out fuel economy is kind of middle of the road. Chevy Volts and BMW i threes are right in the sweet spot of 15 grand. Yeah, fair. Yes, yes. Now yes. they're so very. Was, what
2: would it be? As in full electric or no,
1: no Volt. Volt as in yeah. Victor. so yeah. The hybrid. Victor. The yeah. even the early ones. They've been around long enough, and I still look at them and think, "Huh, interesting, a real car, but it does have for the short commute, you're not burning any gas at all." Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But it kind of depends on what you want yeah, out of yeah. the driving experience. I mean, the regenerative braking can feel different. It's there's a few quirks about hybrids that you have to get used to for both of these, and so that might be a turnoff. Maybe, you know, she is you know truly wanting more of the Veloster type feeling out of it, and. If that's the case. Go get one. I, I applaud that choice. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. And ultimately, we have to come down to, you know, again, the, the position, the seating, all that stuff that you like. And then I've always liked the fact that Lexus made the hatchback, that CT 200h, also a hybrid. I I don't love it for enthusiast driving, but I also, always sort of wanted the inexpensive, a little bit nicer feeling inside. Still small hatchback. It's not Mm -hmm. perfect by any means, and I'm not necessarily recommending it. I just use that as sort of a, man, I wish there were more of those on the market. I have to stop you because you have just nailed my wild card. No
0: kidding. I thought that because I thought, look, we're coming out of a minivan. Okay. So that's utility before everything else. Mm -hmm. And it's no driving capability. Mm -hmm. We're getting into, hopefully for Sarah, a nicer car.
1: We need something
0: of a hatchback shape. But obviously, driving is not first and foremost. Those Lexus, those CT200H. I looked them up in Canada. Yes, you can get them for 15k or less. You're There's not me. many, but they're out there. You're recommending out one there. as well. I'm. I'm. It was in my. It was actually my wild card as a. You should at least no drive kidding. this because I think. You already brought it up. I, I. I don't think this is an enthusiast car, but I think it does everything we're talking about, and it ends up being a very nice place to be. We know it's going to run. So that at least should be driven. That is on my list. I think it's fascinating you brought it up. As a, I'm not sure because when I was writing a list, it was like, "Here's a wild card for you: the CT200." Interesting, because yeah. I'm
1: still on the borderline, Ryan, because that introduced that the 2014 model year of that car is right within the current design language. Of most modern Lexi. Mm-hmm. so it still feels like oh, it's kind of a newish car. I'm still right in the sweet spot, even though at this point it's a five-year-old car. And you can but go back a year and
0: dropped. get away from the Predator Maw if you need to.
1: You can, you can <laughs> if you want. But those 2014s, they're right in that 15,000 range. I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm going back and forth because again, is it you know driving experience? All, you know, you as a Fiesta ST owner, you're gonna probably turn up your nose at it. We all might, hmm. but that's not what Sarah's necessarily looking for. So what is the balance in there? Mm-hmm. I'm asking, and, and I love that you've got a trip coming up, so you can maybe add that to your driving list of stuff to go find. It's, uh, there, there's it's a couple a lot cars I home-
2: left off the list only because of availability, to be honest, and that was one of them. I could not for the life of me find one that was hmm. in our price range that didn't have, like, 200,000 kilometers
0: on it. Interesting. Right. Okay. Well, I will yeah. admit I was looking Canada wide. So, uh, you know, I don't know how far sure. you're traveling for this, but I, I admit I was looking <laughs> Canada wide and found a few. Yeah. Across <laughs> the
2: continent. Yeah, exactly. Well, hey, you
0: know, I, but, we are the you weird know. guys that shop this way, though, so I have to look that way.
1: We, we but, have to at least entertain the thought and put it out there. It's blue sky, and then we can always pull it back. Ryan, right?
0: I love that you are already considering that because I do think that, that sh- it's worthwhile to be on the list. I actually do like the CX3 and CX5. I think you've driven the CX3. Are you? I think you should drive the CX-5 as well. I think it's very worth it. Uh, That is a surprisingly amazing amount of space in that it is bigger, but you get a ton more space out of it too. So she may really like that. I think you have to drive those. Uh, You brought up the Fiat 500X or the Jeep Renegade. I like this. I don't love it. But it makes me wonder something. The Fiesta ST, we drove that against the Fiat 500 Abarth initially. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. Sarah needs to drive a Fiat 500 in any spec just to see how she feels about her perceptions of how big it is. Because while dimensions-wise, this is that Veloster variable here. While dimensions-wise, it's not really much bigger than your Fiesta ST. It is a little, but not by much. But the ride height is significantly higher. You've talked before, Paul, about the H point, the hip point on that Mm -hmm. car. They wanted to get you up to an eye level of large cars so it has a much more vertical much higher seating position than your Fiesta ST and, and probably I bet you you're sitting higher in that car than you are on the Veloster I think it's yeah. worth driving because I think the 500 itself might feel big enough it seems weird we're in a gray area here but I think specifically mm-hmm. about the way it is to sit in that car I think could be surprising
2: that was actually one of my least favorite things about the 500 of bars when I drove it um, I was on the fence between that and the Mini but um, I feel like, like not, not, not overall scope and size of the car, but the, when you, you talk an awful lot about driving position and, like, mm-hmm. seating and pedals and whatnot. Yeah. That 500, though, it's a tiny car. It's a mosquito compared to everything else. I felt like I was upright driving a bus when I was driving that car, if that makes any sense. No, Absolutely. that's exactly the, the is, It's so much higher and upright.
1: Mm-hmm. That was the design intention, as a matter of fact. We've been told by FCA that they wanted you to be able to look other drivers in, quote-unquote, real cars... They wanted you to be able to look them right mm-hmm. in the eyes, so therefore you feel as if you're on the same driving plane, totally. the same level. You're not, you know, way down here in sports car. You're in a small economy, fun for the a but mm-hmm. you know you're you're in that category, but you're still driving a real car, and that's the per- perception. And it does tie in to what you said about your wife wanting a higher ride height and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that kind of thing for those people that like it it's appealing for those of us that don't Well, obviously it's the first thing you noticed
0: yeah i I think that's that's key here ryan i think that's why i wonder about it i'd be very curious for sarah to drive one and for her to tell you what she thinks about its size and seating position Mm -hmm. because i completely agree with you i would rather be in a mini i'd rather be in a fiesta st i want to be down low to the ground look at the stuff i've owned and drive Mm -hmm. okay but at the same time that seating position gets around this discussion we're having about essentially ride height it kind of skirts that by having a seating position that those of us that are obsessed with uh being plugged into a car don't like but it does get around it and still is a fairly fun car to drive be very curious for her to drive that
1: yeah for sure all right so my question to you is are you going to tell sarah any of this even though she's behind you listening on the phone are you going to make her listen to the podcast or are you going to tell her when you hang up <laughs>
2: Oh, oh, no, no. We're going to talk a little bit about it, but I, I'll save the rest of the podcast.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Funny, funny. All right. So it'll be a surprise. Sarah, I, hi. We're talking about you. Yes, as we are. You'll hear this later. Yes, for sure. Now, you also brought up the Audi A3. I, I,
0: we like that car. We don't love that car. I wonder in this, uh, and I, I like it in S3 form. We're going to get an RS3 on camera before too long. Uh, I don't yeah, know that the S3s way. are down far enough. Uh, the A3s vary a lot on how you spec them. And I would tell you right now that a base bottom-end A3, I just can't, can't recommend. So like the mid-grade to upper-grade where it's almost an S3, I start to like those. I, I wonder about that A3, but that also makes me wonder about uh, Q5. What's a used Q5 oh, going for?
1: I mean, those are going to be large. Those are tall and large in comparison to but, what they're both but used to. If, but
0: if we're talking CX-3s and CX-5s. Although if you're coming out of a minivan, Exactly. a little exactly. different, but, if, but still. If, if QX3s, oh, pardon me, CX-3s and CX-5s are on the table from Mazda, then the Q5 from Audi is right in that area.
1: Hmm, interesting.
2: I mean, I, I think it's a cost thing because I was looking at Q3s as well, and they're just not there. hmm.
1: Yeah, okay. they, they might right. still be too new, or just because by virtue of the luxury badge and you know amenities. That yeah, kind of thing. I mean the
0: Q5 being around longer than the Q3. I wonder if it's the Macan Cayenne idea, where the Cayennes you can get for cheap and the Macans aren't down far enough yet. I wonder, yeah. but I'm throwing it out there as a as an alt. Uh, what else do you have, Paul?
1: I'm really there. I mean, I I was toying with this Lexus idea. I brought up the Honda Civic and the Honda Fit, but otherwise, you know, the Volt and the i3 are something they're outliers i realize that they're not in the traditional here's what we're thinking but if you've got the chance it's very different i they're both very different but something to take a look at something you know it's it's a different uh you know headspace i suppose but uh that's kind of where i've actually
2: actually got a friend with a a Volt, so that wouldn't be a tough uh test to swing to be honest cool
0: first or second gen just curious
2: uh, second gen, he came from an Explorer and I don't want to take credit for it, but I gave him a long speech about him and his, uh, girlfriend, now wife, I believe. Um, uh, the two of them, no kids, no nothing. Um, you know, couldn't wrap my head around why I needed an Explorer. And he's, he's been over the moon with, uh, with the Bolt. He's that's had nothing cool. but good things to say no about it.
0: Good, 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 good. I think it's, I think yeah. it's a surprising car that gets overlooked a lot. I think driving that would be worthwhile. Especially I mean, not think got second gen got one. down
1: on the 15,000 hey. yet, hmm. but ask him if he can drive the car. Asking yeah, if, you know, in the, yeah. in the name of research, it's all mm-hmm. in the name of science, right? That's what we're here for.
2: Yeah. On, on these lines. It's not right? a first gen. They're so ugly. They're so, so ugly. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a okay.
1: consideration yeah. I realize that that is
0: A couple on others on your list, Ryan, I want to follow up on. Uh, you mentioned the BMW X1. The X1 is an oddball. I mean that in a good way because it still maintains, depending on the year you get and the spec you get, it still maintains BMW's good hydraulic steering in a small CUV. So if you can find one in your category, I think you as the enthusiast driver actually might like the steering dynamics and the feel of it. And the ride height and the luxury might appeal to Sarah. It might be a place where the two of you guys can connect. I I, I don't know. You're going to, have to find one and play a little bit. But the X1 is viable for that reason. The Golf GTI. Mm-hmm. You know what What struck me here? Because of the Velocity, I thought, what about a Mark Six, 6th Gen, 2-door?
1: Okay. Those okay. are
0: cool looking. They, they are. Have, they, they have they have a little bit of a, and I mean this in a great way. They they I feel like they have a little bit of a visual connection to what the Veloster looks like. It's that long door, long hatchback. It's the it's almost a shooting brake. Oh, I'm thing. sure it
1: was inspiration for Veloster. And I'm sure it in that category. And you
0: could go DSG.
1: That's interesting. So that's
0: a that's a possibility as well. And then you mentioned it in passing, and I want to touch on it really quickly. You need to go over to Honda, and you need to drive the Fit. The Fit is. Yep. Is one of those? Uh, it's one of those under the radar. It's an actually decent enthusiast chassis. Now it is genuinely becomes an enthusiast car in the. I think it's either the S or the sports spec. I don't have it in front of me, but but with the six-speed. Now you may not be there. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you get it in mm-hmm. auto, you'll be less so. But the thing about the fit is it. I, I continue to say it. It is the best use of space on the market, and it it is. And I'm, I this is going to sound like a slight. I don't mean it to be a slight. It is like. Minivan thinking done tiny. And and here I think that's a benefit. So I think driving the Honda Fit is worthwhile. And while you're there, since you're driving the CUVs from Mazda, you need to, uh, pardon, yeah, the CUVs from Mazda, you need to drive the CRV from Honda. So go over to Honda and and drive those two, the Fit and the CRV, and see what Sarah thinks of those, because I think that will inform your decision further.
1: Okay. Man, I wish Volvo still had the C30. I wish they still did subsequent generations of that car. Yeah. It was so intriguing it's and a very cool I think car. they're too old at this point to be a a real consideration, but I wish they had subsequent generations and either, you know, do what they're kind of doing now, like a mini pole star version mm. of this of the C thirty and they're hybridized somehow and they're going that direction and I think the styling could have evolved yeah. really well. Yeah, I love that it's on your list, but I, I ultimately I think it's kinda of out.
0: We've I got some s- better choices. I think Sarah's we'll gonna find it small. I think that's the truth yeah. of it.
1: Yeah. Honestly.
0: Yeah, and if
2: the uh, sorry, if the uh, Toyota CHR and what's the Honda equivalent? The uh, HRV is
1: that it? HRV is the small one. CRV is a step up from that. And that's definitely grown in size. The CRV is like the
0: Mazda CX five equivalent. It's the Mazda CX five competitor. So yeah,
2: and the new uh, this is CHR from Toyota. Those those are both um, on the list as well. if, If they were two years older and. $5,000, $10,000 $5,000, $10,000 cheaper kind of
0: thing, too. Yes, but this, the, luckily the crv has been around a while, so you may not be in the latest and greatest, but it's been around long enough that I think you can find them. I mean, I would imagine you can probably find them used, and they're, they've been viable, as has the fit, mm-hmm, for a long mm-hmm. time. So even if you're not in the latest one, I think you could find one in your budget and see how it compares to the, the CX-3s and CX-5s you're finding used. I think it'd be an interesting comparo.
1: By the way, Ryan, the CHR was designed by a friend and former classmate of mine, Ian Cartabiano. He's uh, director, I think he's... I think he's based in Southern California still, but uh, he did the new Camry and he did the NASCAR Camry version of it, and ooh yeah, you know, pretty prolific. So you could, you know, always say, "Hey, designed by Ian," you know, you could the, put the that in your tank. The
0: names, the names that you know of a designers is like a whole other language <laughs> because I, I swear none of these guys have like. I'm Bob Smith and I decided to be BMW. It's always this like 4500 consonants. I mean they're they're talented guys, but I'm amazed at the at the names you throw out of designers you know hey, because just none of none of them have names. like very simple I'm so
1: and so Smith name. Nobody does. I guess not. I guess not. I've never really thought about it that way. But Ryan, thank you so much. Sarah, you're hearing this later. You clearly have driving homework. We're thrilled yes. to host you on the podcast, and we look forward to doing more live debates. And by the way, you are now obligated to keep us updated with your findings and ultimately what you get. So please do that. We'd love to share on the next car conclusions that we, uh, that yeah. we have. That'll be a lot of fun. So thank you for that. And I hope something in there is helpful.
2: Yeah, thanks for having us, guys. I appreciate it. What's oh. funny about the, about the fit, actually, is the friends we just left prior to the phone call um, also have a fit at home. Uh, I think it's his brother or his sister that has it.
1: So. Oh, cool. All right.
2: There you go. Yeah, we have access to that as well.
1: Okay, I mean, good. Tell them that we have given you permission to drive their car. <laughs> guys, I'm you've never sure heard that of. <laughs> well. Guys, you've
0: never heard of on a podcast you don't listen to. You, this is the reason you Oh, have no, the they're going to listen to the podcast,
1: oh, and God, then, then
2: they're going to give me the car. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> exactly.
1: Exactly. This is justification. Ryan, happy driving. Sarah, thanks again. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate you being on and writing to us.
2: Yeah, for sure. Thanks so much, guys. All right.
1: Talk to you later, man. Awesome. Thanks, Bye-bye. Ryan. See Take care. So you just heard Ryan and his debate with Sarah. Yep. Well, actually for Sarah. So for Sarah. It's, it's weird to do a, a deb- lot of fun.
0: debate with somebody who actually isn't listening in, but we're doing a live debate yeah. anyway. So we covered I look some forward, ground there. We did. I look forward to Sarah uh, responding. I have a feeling there's a huge conversation. That phone call just ended, but I think Ryan and Sarah may not sleep in the conversation <laughs> exactly. of all the stuff. And then they're going to listen to the podcast and bother their friends for cars. So that, there's yes. that's an See? ongoing thing, clearly. Justification to go bother have, your friends. Drive have, your friends' we have cars. We have bothered Canada is what we've just done, yeah.
1: <laughs> I, hopefully that's a good thing. Thing. And by the way, you've heard me say it before, if you've got your own debate, like Ryan and Sarah, mm-hmm. everydaydriverTV at gmail.com, or while you're perusing all the details for Pilgrimage 2019 coming up in Germany and <laughs> Belgium, do that. please do that. You can go to the contact button under the about tab, far right corner of the screen, and write to us there as well. Yep. We're taking a quick break. We're coming back.
0: We're often asked how we find the cars we recommend, because we do a lot of research for the show. Local or nationwide, our searches start with our friends at Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car site
1: separately, you can enter your parameters into AutoTempest one time and search them all at once. You can see results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to AutoTrader and CarGurus without entering anything new. You can even search all of Craigslist nationwide. You know how hard it is to search Craigslist all at once? You can with AutoTempest. AutoTempest
0: can help you find your next new or used car if there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the entire country. Plus, the folks at AutoTempest actually do listen to this very podcast right along with you, and they're always looking for ways to refine the site to make it better. They already have research tools, buyer and seller guides, and are listening to what features users want.
1: So if we give you drive homework, or you're chasing your dream car, or you're just looking to feed the disease, AutoTempest.com is the place to start.
0: We're back with John in Sweden. As we said at the top of the podcast, John somehow I'm sorry, I'm having trouble with this. John somehow listens to this podcast while he is clearing trees in Sweden. These strike me as 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 diametrically opposed from a sound <laughs> perspective, but clearly your headphones are good. So
1: the, the motor is on the end of a big hydraulic arm. The the machinery. I'm sure that it's soundproof cabin with noise-canceling headphones, and he's got the stereo going, guess. and that's very air cool. conditioning, and that's you know, awesome. maybe you're checking social media while you're running the thing. Don't do that. Put <laughs> right. the phone down. That, that's all Hopefully good. Hopefully, your employer's I mean, not listening, John. But I, his I'm employer
0: sure. is his dad, by the way. Oh, yes, right. So that's going right. to end up happening as well. So be careful what you share here, John. The The yeah. question for John is, uh, he and his, uh, is it fiance or girlfriend? Fiance. Fiance. yes. They, you just Congratulations. got engaged and your fiance, fiance. are going to build a house in Sweden, and that's got you thinking, what do I do with my cars?
1: You know what John does? He's into rallying. And so I bet you he's clearing a rally stage <laughs> for his rally car with the forest machine. Because yeah. that's what you do. You have a forest machine. You go clear a rally stage for yourself. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Give me till lunch. Then we'll do something this afternoon. It'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah. We're going drifting. That looks like forest to me. No problem. <laughs> I can Hang solve on. that. All right. So he's got two enthusiast cars. First one is an 08 BMW 135 IS, which is the perfect spec The exact spec, he said, of the previous 120i, low-mile dream car. Mm -hmm. It took him four years of searching to find it, and in a perfect world, he said, that is my forever car.
0: And they're very cool. I mean, that's the almost 1M. That 08-135i-S
1: is is just below the 1M in spec. They're very cool. Mint, brand new condition, and he also says car detailing is one of his main hobbies, so Therein lies the conundrum here, because on the other side of the driveway, he's got the other hobby, which is the 1991, stay with me, Volvo 940 rally car. Yes, this is a large family sedan. Yes, John rallies this car. I love it. I love this so much. All right. He's a stage rally car driver, and he's done amateur rallying for about three years with his dad as co-driver. And he says, yes, his dad is the boss. And so the car's got a lot of memories. Which is cool. Mm-hmm. Drives mm-hmm. both of them about 1,500 miles per year in different ways. Totally. They cost about the same to run and maintain. And he likes the feeling of rallying being on the same level of fun as the 135i because they both do different things. Yeah. Different, he likes different, track days. Yeah. So he's got the options. He's got two options that he's given to us mm-hmm. that he's confused. And the headline really is rally or detail. Option yeah. one, sell the rally car for about seven dollars or $8,000. And be done with it. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the 135i and then get to, at some point, the M3. Or option two, he can sell the 135i for $30,000, keep the rally car, buy a year-round car for both he and his fiancée, like Mm -hmm. he suggests 335i Estate, the wagon S4, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he mentions his fiancée has a little Skoda Fabia, and he's got a Nissan pickup truck for the daily.
0: Because I'm guessing you're driving to the work work site. I'm sure he's bouncing through the field over to the work site. A Nissan truck. Yes. That's the – since I get here. So what I find fascinating is we're talking about two cars, both of which get less than 2,000 miles put on them a calendar year. So these are both, if you will. They're both extra cars.
1: True. And so there's a big
0: discussion here about which one do I swap out and what do I get in replacement. The first question I have for you, honestly – John, why why do you need an estate or a quote unquote family car? If your fiance has the Skoda and you have the truck, and mm-hmm. those handle the, the kind of day to day needs, why are we shopping for a like a nice family car? Do we do you really need that? I'm, and there I'm genuinely could be unmentioned it. here. They could Possibly. be traveling to different Possibly, cities. Yeah. They could be
1: you know road tripping. You know mm-hmm. that kind of thing. There could be the the definite need for it. Maybe the the Skoda is a, a commute to work car or something like Clearly. that. Clearly. The Nissan is the work truck. Throw the tools in the back. But you've run straight to uh, 335i Estate S4, you know,
0: kind of bigger, uh, long-distance sedan thing, and I kind of think if the two of you need to go somewhere and it needs to be kind of nice, why not take the 135? I, I, I'm confused as to why we're shopping for something that I'm not I'm not certain you need yet. My recommendation may surprise you because I'm going to go somewhere I don't know that I've ever gone in Ooh. nearly 400
1: podcasts. Ooh, this is going to be different. My question is similar to Todd's why aren't you taking the 135i but I'm guessing it's too precious it Mm -hmm. might be because you Mm -hmm. mentioned it is your forever car low miles it took you four years of searching Mm -hmm. it's sort of like the holy grail for you and it just kind of sits and you it's in the category of I have it Mm -hmm. wait you want me to go drive it now I have to drive it yeah yeah yeah. I just I have it Mm -hmm. I, I accomplished the goal I checked the box I did the thing I've got the car now but you're not driving it too much. Yeah, and for agreed. it to even enter your options of selling it kind of ticks something in my brain.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very surprised that in the same email he says, I'd like this to be my forever car. And then the next paragraph, he's like, so what if I sell it? You notice that. Interesting. Yeah. And also, there's, there's a comment here in passing where John says "You know, he loves that it's dialed in. He loves to just enjoy it. And then he says kind of in passing, maybe I'll take it to a track day sometime. No, you won't. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. If, if this car, is, uh-huh. you have the rally car that you've clearly beat on, and that's great. The 135 IS is not only your you, you found the precious, if you will, but it's also the car that you kind of practice detailing on. I can't imagine that equates to a track day. Or if you do a track day, I think you're going to do one mm-hmm. and decide mm-hmm. never again in this car because it's going to beat on it. That's what track days do. and You, you, can't, be, you can't be precious with your track day car. These are kind of a non-equal
1: sign. The suggestions that I have might not fit because okay. I I want to know what what sort of rallying are we talking about? Mm-hmm. Is it the full on? I mean, we're we're really sideways through the forest. I, I'm kind of getting that idea. That's the impression I have too. Yeah. Or is it? You know, we it's gravelly and it could still be a bit nicer car that I you know I want to drive and the, the car could be. Decent, kind of nice, but I want to drive it on the highway too. Where I'm going is something for both. Mm. I'm going about selling the rally car and selling the 135i. I wondered, yeah, to get a GLA AMG 45 as your rally slash put the tires on when you want to go rally down the dirt road. But again, those are (laughs) nice cars. We don't want to beat it up too much. So that's my question: Is it you know full on Mm -hmm. bouncing along, rutted, everything muddy? crazy road or Mm -hmm. is it just kind of a dirt road and you know well you said you've been into rallying for a while so it's probably pretty hardcore i was thinking in the amg a45 could that, you know, we don't get them here in the States. The
0: the cool little shooting the break cool wagon one we thing. always yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I'm That's a trying cool car. to justify reasons to go get an A45 AMG for you, John. <laughs> I like it. I'm that. trying no, I see to that. get there. I see that for sure. I like it. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. I, I don't know if it's even possible, but I'm thinking, you know, hatchy rally feeling, mm-hmm, whether you mm-hmm. take it rallying or not, but I guarantee you the rally thing is never going to leave you.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whether, you're, you know, as you said, whether you go tracking or not. I bet you that rally thing is pretty ingrained in your heart, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're if you sell that nine forty. You're going to start looking around and be like, whoa, what's my next rally car going to be? Possibly. Possibly. So, is this the tide you over until you get another harder core rally car mm-hmm, that it truly mm-hmm. is? And so it still has that feel, but you don't really take it. Therefore, justifying an A45, justifying the GLA45. I like it. I like it. Justifying possibly an A4 all road because you mentioned an estate wagon and yeah, all road yeah, yeah. with the fender flares and the mm-hmm, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like mini light, rally light. It's rally light. You had a yeah, Zima light point. with your yeah. salad, sort of rally. Yeah. <laughs> Very lightweight. Zima light. That's a reference. <laughs> Taking from the your weight pack. Ass. There's a whole section of audience that went, "What now? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, and then finally, Focus RS. I mean, that's got rallying in its yeah. blood, but it's yeah, not. Yeah. You, don't, you don't want to beat it up. Mm-hmm. But then th- all of these choices are looking ahead towards what's your next true rally car. Because as cool as I think a 940 Volvo rally car is, it's not a real truly, right? I mean, there's there's other harder core. True,
0: but it's like the perfect non-precious rally car. It is, true. You can just
1: go out and beat on this and, you know, day done, which I think is great. What I'm trying to do is find that I feel like I have a rally car. It's a nice car we can go traveling in. We can, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, It's, it's nice enough. Forward-looking to what's your next project? It's a, it's a do-it-all for John's yeah. very divergent list. I see that. I like that.
0: I, I I like everything you're saying. I think all of those recommendations are excellent. I'm going to try to get inside John's head for a minute. I'm sorry, okay. John. I know you're listening, and I'm already inside your head, and this is this is this this, <laughs> this is going to hurt. I'm sorry. Here, here, here's where I'm going on this. Say the the discussions you're having about your outlook on this one thirty-five is, and I and I want to stop here real quick and say that's a great era of BMW. That's oh, a fantastic absolutely. car. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of the 135 IS because, like I say, it's almost a 1M. This car was the holy grail for you. I'm going to mix all kinds of movie metaphors. Get together. <laughs> oh, it, no. it was the holy grail for you. Then it became the precious. It's the Lord of the Rings car. <laughs> it, it, this is your Lord of the Rings car. Just I'm going to stay with that.
1: Answer each other in just movie quotes. It's going to be frightening. Wow.
0: Look out. Whole other podcast happening. So, so now you have that, and you love to detail it, and you drive it occasionally. And then you have this rally car you also really love and it has history and you drive it occasionally. Mm -hmm. I think, John, and this is the thing I've never said before, I don't think you're ready yet. I don't think you're ready yet. This is my challenge to you, John, Oh. because you're putting out options. Clearly, you're thinking it may be time to move on, but I don't think you have enough introspection on where you are right now. I think the fact that you are engaged in building a house has made you go, I have to make a change, but I don't think there's enough kind of personal research yet to make the call. What I'm challenging you on, you got summer coming in Sweden. It's going to be awesome. Have a real conversation with yourself as you drive cars over the summer. How often do you rally? And how much do you still enjoy it? I'm don't. i I'm not saying you're going to go and you're not going to have a good time. But how much do you really still enjoy it? It's one of those things where you're like, I used to do this. Because we mm. all have those things in our life. Mm. We have a hobby that we did for a while. And, and for whatever reason, I just don't do that anymore. Is Rally getting to the end for you? Or is that going to be something you're going to do indefinitely? I don't I don't have an answer. But mm-hmm. I'm asking you to ask yourself. And the 135 IS, please just drive it. And, yeah. and ask yeah. yourself, yeah. Is, am I too precious with this? Would I ever track it? Am I okay to get rid of it? And if I keep it, can I drive it more? I think those are questions there as well because I, I, want, I want you to find out how much you're really using those cars and when you're using them. Like me and the Lotus today, it's loud, it's hot, uh, it, 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 it bumps around on the road, and I am grinning like an idiot, Okay. It, it, it's like, it's like a, genuinely, it's like a magical driving moment for me. And I can, I can list for you all that's, that's wrong, awesome. and it's still awesome. magical. How do you feel when you're driving these cars? Are you, are you still enraptured by those experiences? And then, here's my last thing. How many times do you bump into a situation where you need a kind of car you don't own? With the truck and the Skoda and the 135. Hmm. Do you have situations where you wish you had an estate? Does that happen at That's all? That's
1: why I'm wondering. Because mm-hmm. it came up in the emails, mm-hmm. I'm wondering if there are genuine times. Is it,
0: is it one time this summer we need to go on a long trip and carry a bunch of stuff and it's one time? Or is it regularly? My fiancé and I wish we had a car that did whatever the end of that sentence is. Mm-hmm. I need you to spend your summer. I think this is the, the thing to do. I don't think you're quite ready because there's research to do on yourself. I know that sounds weird. Mm. I've never done this before. Mm. But I read this and I thought, we're close. We're so close. But John – just take some time, drive, and you need to drive all these cars, and, and sure, figure out sure. where you really are on them, and then you can make a move. And I like your recommendations quite a bit, Paul. But I think we're a step before that.
1: Self introspection and yes. you know, some a uh, little bit of psychology there. I, I it's like crazy. It. I've, I've gone on a weird weird tangent. Branching further, by the way, John, thank you so much mm-hmm. for writing in. Really appreciate it. Hope you enjoy. And please let us know what ends up happening. Please keep us posted. And like I've said before, if you've got a car conclusion and you bought something, yeah. whether or not yeah, we yeah, recommended yeah. it, and also, I will add a side note, whether or not we featured your debate, but if all of these debates have sparked your interest and you got something because we yeah, that's said good. That's good. blank, mm-hmm. love to hear from you. Please include the episode number. Please include maybe what we suggested. And then, if you know, of course, you... Didn't feature your episode. Give us a little bit of background. I'd mm-hmm. love to hear that because I think everybody loves hearing, you know, somebody bought, I heard this, and I went and bought that because yeah. it struck
0: me. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: You know, I, I loved all your hot hatchback recommendations, and I bought a Raptor because that <laughs> appealed to me. You know what I mean? Something <laughs> because like I that.
0: realize a Raptor is what I need. I finally, That's funny. I, I like that a lot,
1: yeah. Okay, so now jumping over to questions. Question on Facebook. Really great one from Warner Granfield. Thank you for writing in. Asking, why haven't we adopted the German driving standard test? Mm. Well, it's two or 3,000 euro, I believe, in Germany. It's a lot of money, which yes. therefore, you know, we feel like it's sort of just a privilege. You turn 16, give me my license already, and we're done with it. There's a lot more emphasis on the cost and therefore the training because the higher speeds in Germany. And he's asking, you know, some sort of variation, maybe. But imagine suddenly licenses cost $1,500. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Ooh. This this is a big investment now. I would love to think that we, everybody in America, would put yeah. more importance on that suddenly if, yeah. you know, you paying all this money for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, to your point, Warner, drivers are so bad in the U.S., you'd think there would be some kind of stricter entry-level testing since, as you said here, consider driving a privilege and not a right. You know, I just
0: had a thought, and 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 I know I'm going to get off into stuff that we try very hard to be clear of politics. I'm not going down this road for, for politics. I I equate these things sometimes already. Gun ownership and car ownership. I'm going to go down a pathway for a second. If you Utah is a right to carry state, mm-hmm. you can mm-hmm. you can publicly carry your firearm, mm-hmm. okay, like you can in Texas and some other places. The the and I think Utah is a concealed carry. You need concealed, yeah, yeah, yeah concealed carry thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, my point is. This takes money, time, and training right, true, and as a result, the people that have concealed carry capability take it very seriously
1: and equating to car ownership because mm-hmm. because you, because have
2: you can the, go
0: you can go my my point uh, is here, the average person, if they have the interest, can go to a gun range and fire a gun at a pretty low cost of entry, yeah, And a pretty low cost of training. If you want a concealed carry there 's a lot more cost and a lot more training. My point is. I do think that cost and more training increases people's seriousness with what they're doing. That's all I'm using as an equation is that reality. I don't know how you convince the general U.S. public that it's necessary.
1: I mean, you know, back to our our conversation of graduated licensing. Mm-hmm, totally. I wish, yes, Warner, I wish drivers were better. I wish, mm-hmm. you know, there's another question in here that we need to get to about people putting their cell phones down and concentrating on driving. I've heard the argument from other people that... We're so bored because the mm. speed limits are too low. There's arguments for and against that statement. Yeah. I'm not making anything definitive by that statement.
0: <laughs> we're bored because we're going one mile an hour while well, creeping yes. down the four oh five.
1: But yeah. But you know, in Germany you're everybody in the slow lane is cruising at ninety. Yeah. Not to mention the Ferraris and big black Audis going nobody's, 150 plus. Nobody's on
0: texting lane. at 150 at the fast lane Nobody's in looking at You're their right. phone in Germany to <laughs> my knowledge. Right.
1: I'm sure they are, but yeah. All right, so there's a side question on here. Do we think there will be taxation to continue driving our own vehicles mm-hmm. once autonomous driving is the majority? Todd and I talk about this a lot. Autonomous driving is not upon us in a large way mm-hmm. anytime soon. Yeah. yeah I feel yeah. comfortable saying that. Yeah. Because of many regulations, because of, you know, the untested nature mm-hmm. of it. And we're dealing with human lives. Even though there have been accidents and mm-hmm. we're horrified by these and they're yeah. they're awful and I, I hate that they happen, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. there can't be any human life lost with there just can't be. The, the machines cannot kill the people. <laughs> the that infrastructure,
0: the infrastructure, the legalities of it, and then public acceptance plus the cars on top of that. This is It's not a question of the technology exists. It's the is in your driveway. This is not soon. And, and when you ask this question, you actually acknowledge that as well. But keep going, Paul.
1: Yeah. Well, he asked, you know, what if this would lead if if there were a fee to drive your own car? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. now autonomy, let's assume, it is so reliable and safe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that to now enter the roadway with – us weird humans that, you know, were were unpredictable, whereas mm-hmm. autonomy is very predictable. Yeah. Yeah. That it would lead to these fly by night, mad max-ish sort of yeah you know rebellious groups. <laughs> That's a script before it's reality.
0: Yeah, but I also think I, I do think there's going to be uh there's going to be a divide at some point with the people that want to drive for themselves. And they may just do it for fun. We've joked about it being like horse ownership. Horses used to be the way everybody got everywhere. And now I live in an area where there's actually people that own horses. I do not. There's actually people that own horses near, near my house. And I don't own a horse. And One yet, horse
1: actually has fourteen horsepower
0: <laughs> and they sure. and they ride their horse for fun, but they obviously drive their cars everywhere we 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 theoretically are going to reach a place where car ownership and personal driving is like currently having a horse in the modern time. How is that going to be regulated? All of that's going to be pardon the pun, a wild west scenario hmm. and it may be restricted to tracks. I also think it's going to be more likely on your random back road than in your cityscape
1: sure. Sure. Because why it. does the
0: autonomous car need to know anything about your random back road, but it knows everything about the city center?
1: <laughs> I'm going to break the law. I'm going to go drive.
0: Whoa, you are such a rebel. Man.
1: Yeah, we're, back to, we're back to rebels
0: from the 50s. That's very funny.
1: <laughs> I'm going to drive. Speaking, we're, we're talking a
0: lot about safety. we talking a lot about other things. Uh, somebody brought up, actually, Devin wrote in on this on Facebook and brought up this thing that I had not dug into. I dug into it a bit. There's a rabbit hole here. I'm not going to go too far. But there was a situation with a guy named John Hope Bryant, and his experience on an AER race which mm-hmm. is american uh, uh, endurance racing. The I, I'm going to I'm going to really distill this down because he's asking our opinion. I'm not going to get into the who's right who's wrong who should have handled what that's a bit not of a hot the potato case. Here. That's not the case. But I am going to go down to a very basic place. If you're driving on a track and you don't obey the flags you're in the wrong. Yep. The, the the flag because the thing the flags do and, and the ring does it even further the ring has a thing where they actually have uh, blinking yellow stoplights at certain parts of the track that's how because they the track is so long they can't have flag people everywhere yeah right the flag right. people uh, drop into the place that's actually got the problem but for you know a kilometer or two prior the the yellow lights are blinking and they're not always obvious. When we were with instructors the first time they were pointing out the yellow lights to us when they came on but the thing that the flags do on a racetrack is if something needs to be cleaned up or controlled or whatever that is the thing that gets all the cars to do something predictable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because the problem when you have a safety issue on a track is somebody doing something unexpected while you 're trying to clean up an issue so if if there's yellow flags going if there's you know red flags whatever the the only way to keep things, I'm putting it in air quotes you can't see, safe is for all the drivers to act predictably, and the only predictable thing is to obey the flags.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. Like I said, hot potato kind of issue. For sure. for But sure. ultimately, the rules of the road don't go away when we go to a racetrack. They change. True. But Excellent rules point. still apply mm-hmm. for the purpose of... Preserving human life, yeah, pre- yeah, yeah. Preserving and protecting us, and preserving, you know, protecting from accident. And, and I say this, is important.
0: I say this as a guy that I've I've been on track days where I'm, you know, I'm I'm pushing or or I'm trying to figure out the car or whatever, and I realize. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! There's a yellow flag at this station. Hold, oh, I, I missed the last one. There was one at the last mm-hmm. one too. I totally missed it. That happens. Right.
1: We're it in, absolutely we're in the happens. zone. We're driving. We're yes. in the tunnel. We're you know yes. on the race line, so, moving fast. So you know when I flags
0: guess. happen, you can miss flags. But at some point, you got to look up and look at the flag guy and go, "Huh, I'm supposed to do something different now." Mm-hmm, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until they black flag you. All right. Interesting. Yeah, it, it happens. I mean, we're all human, but yeah. uh, we we have a responsibility, and it goes for sure, up for sure on a racetrack. Yeah. Uh, Hunter
0: Brooks asked on, uh, we did our drifting course a while back with Naoki, Drift 101. Yeah. We did did it for TV. He said, was that worth it? Was it worth the money? Well, first off, we obviously got a deal because we did it for TV. Look, I'll I'll totally admit that. But having said it, I think it's very worth it if you want to learn to drift. Because what's great about it is you have an actual instructor, you have a place where you're able to do it, and you have any damage or tire wear is not your responsibility. That's what you're paying for. You're paying for the fact that this is there's, there's no chance that I'm going to get in trouble for this, and if something breaks, it's not my fault, and if I destroy these tires, I just walk away. And you come away with good instruction that allows you to have a kind of a different perspective on car control. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think if
1: it interests you even a tiny bit, it's worth it. Here it is, the follow-up question to what we were talking about earlier from Dartman44 on Instagram. Will we ever get strong enough laws consequences or even enforcement to stop people from being on their phone while driving. <laughs> Clearly you're bothered just as much as we are. Yeah, and yeah. it's, it's so easy. I mean, manufacturers are finding places to store your phone within finger reach. Yeah. 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 And yes, it encourages you to look at your phone, but we've got to spread the word. I To answer your question, I don't think so because people are just going to do it anyway. There's not enough police. There's yeah. not enough Enforcement, there just isn't, and I don't think there ever will be. Yeah, it's incredibly hard to get ahead of, for sure. I, I just, yeah, I continually encourage it, and Mm -hmm. I continually point at me, and I'm continually Mm -hmm. reevaluating my own behavior in the car. Mm. I mean, both hands on the wheel, and looking over my shoulder, and it's easy to get lazy isn't
0: it it? there's discipline to it you're absolutely right
1: it's very easy
0: and the and the more the car does for you the faster and easier it is to get lazy yeah i mean we've been driving all these press cars of late and they've got tons of you know smart cruise control and lane departure warning and all this kind of stuff and it's amazing how much you're just like i'll be fine Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) what could possibly go wrong
0: the car's got it that that no no no
1: (laughs) Also, a question from Geese1RBM Instagram. What cars do we think look better in person than they do in pictures? The new Mazda 3 hatchback looks better in person than okay. it does in pictures. All right. The Fine. photos, especially when you use a telephoto lens, and it makes the front and rear wheels. So you're at a rear three-quarter. The front and rear wheels are the same size. That's a, yeah, how you know it's a telephoto photo. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, yeah, it, it looks strange. And so you have to say, all right, I'm just going to wait. You can't Mm, hate it mm -hmm. instantly. (laughs) You've got to say, all right, I'll wait and I'll see it in person because our perception and our spatial distance to an object is much different in reality than it is in photos.
0: Very good. Nicholas Lee on Facebook. Do I really need to change my brake fluid every two years? Like BMW recommends, uh, Nicholas, I will admit to you that I am very bad on this interval and it is definitely something you should be doing. Yes. And the harder you drive your car, the more you need to be militant about it. If you are tracking your car, change your brake fluid. Change it regularly. Absolutely. The, the problem yeah. is that over time it absorbs water. Water doesn't compress. I mean, it was actually answered in Facebook, so thank you for those of you that did that. But it, it absorbs water, mm-hmm. and yes. your brake fluid gets dirty. I mean, all of these things happen. And, and what you're ultimately doing over time, and you don't realize it's even happening. It's kind of like the way your clutch goes bad over time. Your braking's
1: getting worse, and you don't know it. Mm-hmm. So it is worth changing as a result. Jared Schultz Instagram says, "In my high school days, I was way into car stereos. Me too. I had <laughs> I dual twelve Serwin Vegas. Oh, oh no, running at two ohms. It was, it was heavy. I mean, like you're yeah. rattling
0: the car apart at I mean, that point. That's absurd. <laughs> I, yeah,
1: the uh, rappers that I listen to, I I'm hesitant to name on the podcast <laughs> okay, because wow. they were foul. We'll All say. Right. All right. Well, you know." After helping a friend with his install JR says the bug is bit hard again after a long hiatus. How do I explain to my wife I'll be spending money on this hobby yet again? <laughs> Asking for a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Uh toe in the pool at a time. You've you're going to have to justify not just bass, but you're going to have to justify sound quality, I think. Yeah. And yeah, what are her favorite bands and her favorite music? You you're going to have to make the case that benefits her too I think to get any headway down to honey I bought dual 15s for the trunk and we're going to make the car come unscrewed
0: well but but I think you're right you have to make it uh, beneficial to her but not in a music perspective you have to find honestly here's the answer What's the thing that she would like to be more into that you don't get? You're going to have to be like, all right, all right, that's the trade-off. I'm chasing yeah. stereos. You're doing that now. You're, yeah, that's there is, really the compromise there. Honestly, I have
1: to find something. But I, I hear you. I mean, pun intended. I had 12s, and they were. I had the crossover Alpine head unit. Wow. Oh man, and. My parents could hear me coming a block away. They always knew. I was funny. in a 77 Jeep Cherokee. I hit so hard. I hit so <laughs> no, hard. It was awesome.
0: No. Not good. Oh, wow. Okay. So that happened. Okay. Track Daily Crush. Hard one. That mm. the more I think about it, the more I th- I, I'm kind of surprised by my own ponderances here. All right. On Instagram, Isaac W. Reddinger writes in, Track Daily Crush. For you, Paul, current Cayman, prior Cayman, 928. For me, 300ZX, FRS, Lotus, track, daily, crush.
1: This hard, is really it? hard. Very hard, yeah. Uh, man, I would. Of of those three cars, the best one on track is the current Cayman GTS. Yeah, okay. Out of all of them, that's the best one on track. The daily is the hard part. The, the 928 is designed for daily. It's designed yeah. for awesome very daily. cool. Having a Cayman for daily is awesome too. Dang it. Yeah. Isn't this hard? Isn't this hard? Yeah. I'm gonna uh, for purposes of difference, I'm gonna crush the first gen Cayman and daily the nine twenty eight. It hurts. It? It hurts, this hurts. It?
0: Yeah, this this hurts me too. I I'm gonna give you my initial answer and then I'm gonna unpack it in a way that I didn't expect. First off, I'm going to say that the that you gave me the easier request here because my actual three hundred ZX Was a non-turbo automatic because I lived in Los Angeles and didn't have much money. I'm going to make, and in that case, it probably is the one that gets crushed. I'm going to make it harder on myself and go, let's go with the 300ZX I didn't own but I wanted, which is the six-speed twin
1: turbo. Like a 95, something like that. Like the choice. like the good 300ZX that I would love to own right now. That gets really hard. That's
0: where this gets difficult because I would daily that car like crazy. Mm. So now I'm left Mm. with which car do I crush and which car do I track between the FRS and the Lotus. And this is, again, you just heard me ranting about how awesome it is to drive the Lotus all the time. But the 300 ZX is an amazing car to daily. And I love that twin turbo. I really love the interior. I'm all about that car. It's old, but who cares? You're dailying it. If I'm going to be tracking, yes, the Elise is a fantastic track car. It's, Mm. it's Mm -hmm. a spectacular Mm. track car experience if i was going to be tracking only though and tracking a lot the elise is a better track car i'm not going to debate than the frs but if i was going to track a lot the elise starts to be a car that is more expensive to pay for okay. more precious to be concerned about dinging you see where i'm going
1: okay <laughs> and and Jeez.
0: parts are more expensive and all that kind of stuff and also it's a car that is more likely to bite the FRS is an FRS. It's a little Toyota. Oh, I got it dinged. Oh, I need another brake pad. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. So there is a part of me that thinks if it was going to be a track all the time, I can't want to say this, that the Lotus probably gets crushed because oh. the FRS is the is the better cheaper tra- track car. Oh, that's even though hard. As, isn't that weird? Even though as a like because I've tracked the FRS and I tracked Lotus, is the Lotus better really to track? I really didn't see this coming. Is I l-
1: thought Elise was track and The, we're Lotus, done the and- Lotus is a
0: better track car. Period. But as a like, let's talk about reality of costs and preciousness and You're that being kind of hard
1: thing. Hard on yourself. I'm being
0: very hard on myself. Holy so holy. I yeah, talk me in and out of that whole conversation because I I can't wait to track the Lotus again, but I would beat on an FRS mercilessly.
1: Mm. Anyway, yeah. Wow. All right. Last question for me from Jesus Teal on Facebook. Electric market share is now up to grand four percent. Whoa of the market instead of two, to do the model three sales, you know, the Tesla, the company that makes electric leaf blowers and mm-hmm. blow, blow torches and, um, yeah. Power walls. Oh, they make cars too. I think a lot. There's a couple things going on there. Yeah. The question is why do all car makers want to be in the electrification market when the demand is so low? Why trade the 96% for the 4% technology and the push where technology is going because things can trickle down. I mean, why do we have a Formula E racing series? And it's actually pretty cool. I like it. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's not mainstream yet. But why Why that? Mm. There's a lot of reasons. A, car manufacturers don't want to get left out because yeah. you don't want to have yeah. a product portfolio that suddenly switches. And suddenly the consumer taste has changed or you know, fuel spikes or... You know, something like that and they're unprepared and in the car manufacturing business, eighteen months is a quick turnaround. Two to four years is we we came and solved the problem. Yeah. But you know, they're they're left holding the bag kind of thing, Mm, mm. but they're pushing on themselves, pushing on technology, pushing on, you know, the response to consumer tastes and what is being bought. I think that's key. That is part of it. Even though 4% is very small. I
0: I think there's a public perception problem that they have to. Well, yes, yes, there is because we're, we're in We're in a culture right now. And I know this isn't a surprise to anybody where, where brands are simultaneously obsessed with and terrified by the public perception around their brand. Mm-hmm. and you can have mm-hmm. one bad PR incident and it all goes wrong and it takes years to recover. Mm-hmm. So if you are a, a brand, a car brand right now staunchly saying electric cars are stupid,
1: Dodge, <clears throat> there,
0: there is a percentage of the market, there's a percentage of your potential market who is going to write you off as being a dinosaur who doesn't care about the planet and I would never buy one of your cars ever. Mm-hmm. So if we're at least dabbling in it, I, I think it's a PR play more than anything that is that that ac- uh, accounts for this equation. Because notice all these car makers—they're all making CUVs because those are selling, uh-huh. but
1: uh-huh. they
0: can't be seen to not care about electric cars at all because that's public perception not car perception now public perception at large it is where we're all quote unquote we're all going this way so if you're ignoring that reality there's a segment of the market that just goes well that company doesn't care
1: even if they don't buy the electric car from the company but they buy some other product Mm -hmm. because they like where they're going okay say you know audi's going all this direction oh audi's you know doing all this cool stuff and it appeals to me and i think i'll buy an a4
0: yeah, or or at least I'll consider their cars because I know they're working on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's such a PR play here. Very much big so. Time.
1: It really is. I, yeah, there, there's a lot of reasons. But uh, yeah, Jesus, hey, thanks for the question. It's, it's something that consistently uh, not eats at us, but we discuss. Todd and I discuss sure. all the time. Because yeah. we're wondering, you know, where's the enthusiasm going if it's all electric? It's only 4% of the market right now.
0: Yeah. But it's all, it's all the press coverage, yeah, except for, for sure. here. I think it's all the press coverage. I've got uh, one from Charlie K. at NYC, and I want to relate it to I think it's The Legend Continues. Uh, I don't have it in front of me. But he asked a question related to autocross. I want to relate the two. Uh, Charlie K. said, okay, he's had a few attempts now at track days with driver instruction, and he's realizing he screws up a lot. It's okay. And it's, it's okay. kind of driving him nuts. How do we surmount this reality of trying to put together the perfect lap? Over on The Legend Continues is is over sure. there talking about uh, he wants us to kind of break down autocross. And when we talk about cars for autocross, we should talk about the classes they're in. I get it if you're into autocross competitively, but I'm going to connect these two to say this. I love being on track. I have tried very purposely to free my brain from competing on track. Hmm. Hmm. Go out there and do it as a... I enjoy myself. If your car doesn't fit perfectly in a class at autocross, autocross it. Just autocross it. You're not in the class you need to. I, 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 I'm speaking for me now. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I don't think others should care. Now, if you want to compete in autocross, you have to be very concerned about your class. If you're getting All serious. All of this of matters course. like crazy. If uh, that's, that's something absolutely. you're going to compete, separate deal. But I think that, follow me here. For me, performance driving is my golf. I don't want to go golfing. But I know ah, plenty gotcha. of golfers, I know plenty of golfers who are obsessed about getting one point lower than the last time they played mm-hmm. and some of them enjoy that process, Some of them drive themselves insane and are angry because they had a day at golf that they were three points higher today
1: yeah, yeah. and
0: and it ruins their whole weekend. Trust me, there's enough there's enough things and here's my little preach moment. There's enough things in life for us all to be angry about. <laughs> Let's just go have fun in our hobbies. <laughs> go dry. and so so Charlie, I'm gonna come back to you. I would say find a corner that you're not liking and work that corner. Obviously you're working the whole lap. Yeah. But if you're struggling yeah. with a corner, okay, can I get that corner better? Because I come back to it's like dancing or skiing or anything that has a balance element. When you get it right, you'll feel it yeah for sure. and that is and I feel like that feeling for me is the reason I keep trying it. I want to get that corner to feel better than it did the last time. Am I a second faster or a half second faster?
1: Maybe unless we're on track and being serious about a race and you know lemons or otherwise, yeah. unless I'm yeah. serious about it. Sure. but I, I'm trying
0: very hard to just enjoy the process and enjoy, can I refine myself? And I won't be perfect. And the perfect lap is—I mean, unless you're these F- Formula One guys—that why? Why are your last ten laps exactly the same speed? You're—you're you're <laughs> superhuman at that point.
1: The Ferraris are a half a second behind the leaders, and they're slow. Like what? No. But but
0: you get a, but you get a driver who who ticks off ten laps that are identical. You've got to be kidding. Amazing. I mean, that kind of stuff happens at that upper level. We're not those guys. So go out and try to be better than you were last time and know that you're going to, while well, you got corner one dialed this time, what happened in corner six? <laughs> I did it fine last time. That's always going to be the case and, and, and you're fine. That's Keep going. It's awesome.
1: And if anything, you, you try it for the first time and you're awesome at it. I, wow. You, you're, you should be you're a, a savant, cele- apparently. A yeah. celebrity because yeah, yeah. people should meet you. Like, how do you do it? <laughs> I'm sure you have no thoughts because we don't either, right? Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.